Hey, it's Mark Kinsley. Uh, is 2020 over yet? Can we just put this thing in the rear view and wrap it up and move on? Uh, we're really close. It's been a wild ride, and I'm so thankful that we could be part of your journey and we could be a small part of your life in some way. And uh, we wrote a book this year. Thanks to everybody that bought the book and has left reviews and come back to bed, became an Amazon number one bestseller. Uh, just shows you the the support that we have behind this industry and the fact that we as an industry show up and we help each other out and we cheer each other on. And I think, you know, even though we've been apart this past year, I think in some ways we're going to be more connected than ever before. I know I'm going to be really excited when this vaccine gets rolled out and life returns to normal and I can give some people some hugs and high fives. So hang in there. Um, let's get into 2021 and let's keep on rocking. We've had an amazing year in our businesses. And we've had an amazing year with this podcast and with our sponsors. And I'm so thankful for Nationwide Marketing Group. You know, we have these sponsorships, but we do it for a reason because we want to curate amazing opportunities and ideas to put in front of you so your business can get better. And Nationwide Marketing Group is just filled with resources and ideas and people, and they have just such a heart for independent retail. And uh, they've even rolled out uh, announcing the new primetime event is going to be virtual coming up in March. So I'm really excited about that. So go ahead and mark your calendars for March 16th through the 18th because that is when virtual primetime returns and we could not be more excited. Another thing we were super excited about this year is, is our partnership with Podium. I mean, podium.com forward slash dose. If you're waiting to do this for any reason, don't because you can still get 10% off. But look, messaging with your customers is more important than ever. And if you're texting with them, it feels like they're with a friend. So you want your people texting through the ultimate messaging platform, which is Podium. You want them to be able to communicate in a way that they communicate with their friends, through their phones, through text messages. And it's just a cool, seamless experience. And that's one of many facets that you can use in Podium. And another one we love is text to pay because our friends in the mattress business, since the shutdown started in March, they've processed nearly $50 million in text message payments. This is something I would have never imagined, but now it seems so obvious because texting and paying that way is super easy and seamless with Podium. So check it out, podium.com forward slash dose. Don't wait on this one because if you haven't signed up, other people have, your competitors probably have, and you don't want to be way behind. And, you know, finally, this year has been just a roller coaster of fun with our friends at Door Counts. I mean, Jerry and Amber and Brad, and Brad's been on the show. If you haven't listened to that episode with Brad Parker, it is straight fire. I mean, they're hot take after hot take, and I love it. It's just funny when you fly your flag, you find your people. And we always say that, and, and we did with Door Counts. And they've just come into the to the industry in such a creative, meaningful way where they help you, you know, track your foot traffic and attach customers to salespeople so you know you're maximizing every up that walks in the door. And not only treating them as an up, you're treating them as a, as a human being, as a person you care about. You're showing your heart because you are communicating and following up. And you can track all those data points that were previously invisible to you. I mean, door counts really is like putting on a set of magic goggles so i know we talk a lot about these partnerships and the friendships that have developed with nationwide and podium and door counts uh, but 
just want to throw them some extra love here at the end of the year and tell them thank you. And we love you guys. And, and uh, we truly appreciate everything you're doing for our industry. Hey, and I appreciate you supporting them. So this episode, a little bit different, but um, I got really fascinated with um, virtual shopping. You know, we're talking about a lot of the technology, but I got really fascinated with virtual shopping. And I was able to get in touch with a guy named Adam Levine. And Adam is the founder of Hero App. And it's a really cool window into what's happening in this world. So we talk about Hero App kind of specifically, but really it was looking at this bigger, broader trend. And we'll have a, a much larger piece that will come out of this interview where we dig into more details and more uh, virtual opportunities and some things that maybe you should have in your field of view. So without further ado, let's get to it. Dos Marcos Podcast. It's the greatest mattress industry podcast on the planet. Wait, isn't this the only mattress industry podcast? He's Mark Kensley. I truly felt bad for you at the time. He's Mark Quinn. I think Bigfoot was actually very pleasant. Together, they are Dos Marcos. You're in the show with Adam Levine, not the singer from Maroon 5. Uh, but maybe, who knows, we might get him to hum a couple bars for us later. Adam, you down? No, not at all. I don't want to hurt the ears of your listener, Mark. That'd be very sad if I did that. No ear bleeding allowed. Okay, well, Adam no. is the founder of Hero. It's a virtual shopping platform, and I have to tell my quick story. I like this brand called Faraday, and I, they have great shirts. Actually, for this interview, I was going to put on one of my Faraday shirts. So, the clothing is so well made, in my opinion, and I'm, I've made clothes for years. I designed them, manufactured, sold. Their clothes are so well made that I will wear them for multiple days without washing, very many multiple days. And so I put on the shirt this morning. I'm like, what is all over my shirt? I need to wash this because there's stuff on it. <laughs> but Faraday is a really cool brand. They make amazing clothes, uh, excellent style. And I'm on their site looking at some of the clothing during kind of Black Friday season. And I noticed that you could click on this little virtual shopping icon. And this guy pops up on screen and he starts talking to me as if I'm kind of a customer in a store. And I noticed it looked a lot like Instagram. There was kind of that timing bar up at the top. And then it moved on to the next story with a new person. But one of the coolest things was um, it was very personal and it, it felt good to see another human being, especially in the middle of all this uh, wildness that we're experiencing. But then as the person was up on screen, the product that they were holding in their hands also was displayed and you could click on it and go directly to that product and ex experience it and shop for it. And I saw down at the bottom, it said hero app. And I'm like, I need to know. I need to know more about Hero App, and that's what led me to you. So, Adam, tell us about Hero App and what's your story? Yeah, fantastic. I love that story, Mark, because there's no greater way for someone to discover Hero than actually seeing it, feeling it, rather than me just talking about it. So, I'd suggest for any listeners to kind of head over to brands like Faraday and give it a try themselves. Um, but yeah, absolutely. So, Hero, let me uh, take it back uh, to basics for you. We're about uh, five years into our journey, Mark, and we are building the biggest 
virtual shopping platform on the planet and you describe it as the best mattress podcast on the planet we're trying to put the best virtual shopping platform on the planet and uh really what that means is trying to bring the irl experience the in real life experience that a customer is used to getting when they visit the store or shop in person but bring that to e-commerce which as we've all known over the past few months is how we are predominantly shopping online but we still miss some of the basic ingredients you find in store that ability to touch and see the product the that, that ability to connect with an expert who can guide you through your purchase that's really been missing from e-commerce for so long and it's why uh people as you know consumers they are less likely to convert because they don't have that comfort to buy and from a brand side it's why it's hard to get conversion rates beyond you know kind of one percent or so because shoppers just don't have that confidence to buy as they did when they're in store and so really we're trying to solve that problem for the biggest brands in the world and we do this right across almost every sector of retail and e-commerce so in the apparel and sneaker world with the likes of nike and levi's and rag and bone and farity mentioned uh, in the beauty space with brands like the detox market and credo beauty um, in uh, the homeware market the likes of herman miller and design within reach and jonathan adler we can get into some more examples but we're really trying to help those brands extend the, the experience they're famous for in person and in store and bring it to online our audience mattress retailers predominantly uh, and they're really interested in driving foot traffic into their stores and and you know i think in our industry in particular especially with a lot of independent retailers the message out there in my opinion has been very much a disservice to them because a lot of people are in this echo chamber of get online and sell online. And in our industry, this has been documented, the most expensive keyword to buy in the Amazon advertising platform is the word mattress. So how are you gonna compete with that unless you're very well funded? $250 on average to acquire a customer in the online mattress space. So I'm not very much a fan typically of jumping to a mosh pit that's already full of people that are bigger and moving faster than, than you're moving. Uh, what, what can you do where you can stand out or be number one or play your own game? Cause if you play somebody else's game, they're going to be better at it than you. So talk about, um, how hero and, and, and bridging the world between online and in-store is happening and what you're noticing and seeing. Yeah, definitely. I, I think the first thing I'll say to that is you've got to make those ad dollars work harder in some ways. You know, if you're spending that money acquiring that customer, there's nothing worse than 99% of the shoppers that arrive on the site, then not going through to purchase. And it's really that problem we're trying to solve to say, well, how do you boost a conversion rate? And if you really think about e-commerce, when you, when you land on a, a, a site, it doesn't really look that different from how it did 20 years ago. You have description, you have photos uh, that are static, you have a you know, text-based search. It's, it's so different to how we all communicate as humans today. You know, we're all very visual. We're all glued to things like FaceTime and Zoom now. We're on social platforms like Instagram and Snapchat. And this is, you know, we communicate in this very rich and immersive way. Yeah, that hasn't really come to e-commerce. And that's really, you know, what we are trying to achieve. And that might result in a shopper feeling more confident to buy online. Whereas you say in many cases that shopper wants to start their journey online, 
but actually then head into store or head into a showroom to actually buy. And so across our customers that operate brick and mortar stores, about one in three chaps, and this, num- this number was definitely pre-pandemic. So I'm, unfortunately, it's a little lower than it was, but pre-pandemic, about one in three customers would head into store after beginning an interaction via Hero with a sales associate. And the reason that was so high is because baked into the Hero platform is when you uh, watch those videos that you experience when you're on Farity, then if you want to choose to chat or video call with an associate in the store, our platform will do that. And we'll always try and connect that shopper to their nearest showroom or their nearest store. And that's really powerful, as you say, for those customers that start online and they want to head into store. And so having that proximity in the algorithm that connects that shopper with their nearest store or nearest showroom, that's really powerful at getting those customers to feel the confidence to go, I've connected with someone online, they've shown me the collection, they've taught me through the range, and yep, I'm not feeling confident to add to my cart just yet, but I've arranged an appointment to head into the showroom where I'm gonna meet the same sales associate that assisted me online, I'm now gonna meet in person. That's a really magical moment for that shopper. Um, so yeah, we, we think about Hero being truly omnichannel. You, know, you have to meet that shopper where they are, and if they wanna buy online, great, give them that confidence but if they also want to start a line and head into store you can really help um, fill that journey for that shopper and the majority of mattress purchases these days start online whether it's going to the retailer's website to find out what's available locally or doing brand research to see if there's a product that fits some of the comfort preferences someone has i mean it really does start online and i really i really think this is going to become a trend that's magnified and amplified and the, the trend to me is, yes, we, we know that shoppers are starting online. There's no question about that. But it, it reminds me of when I bought my last car. Uh, I called down to the dealership. I knew exactly what I wanted. And I wanted to limit the amount of time I had to be in the showroom. I just wanted to go get the car. I already knew what I wanted. I knew what I was willing to pay. And it, we weren't going to be far apart in terms of the price. That wasn't going to be the, the major issue. I just didn't want to do it. So I called, I did all my research. I got as much lined up ahead of time as I could. And I was in and out in two hours. I only drove two cars. I think when people go to solve a problem, they're ready to solve it now. They've dedicated the time to it. My friend runs a business that gives in-home senior care. It's, it's a very big business. And they respond to everybody with, within seconds because they know whenever you're trying to find a place for your mom, who's struggling, you're solving that problem right now. Well, the same thing with durable goods or, or almost many other items. You're ready to solve that problem right now. And in the age of the pandemic, we want to limit our exposure. So if you can, and usually it's just a few small things from what I hear, like a few questions they want to ask and get some of this ironed out before they come into store. What, what are some of the stories you hear from, from people that you deal with at Hero? Yeah, for sure. You know, as I say, it all kind of comes down to shopper comfort. So there's really three parts of the platform, which I might just uh, go into for a minute, Mark. So I think it'll be super helpful. So you have the, the, the ability to watch the Instagram style videos that you experience Farity. Then the next part is being able to connect live with that store associate in the store nearest to you through chat or video call. And the third and final part of the platform is then being able to stay in touch. So often you have these remarkable interactions where uh, a store associate has really assisted that shopper. Um, And why does the interaction end there? 
And what the, the Hero platform allows uh, the associate to do is essentially to invite the shopper to opt in. They leave their phone, their cell phone number or their email address and they can then stay in touch. And in particular, we see this in homeware a lot where there's a considered purchase or considered um, you know, n- number of weeks where an, a customer may be renovating their home or they may have a renovation project and they're looking to, to kit out a new bedroom or a new space, whatever it may be. And often you're going between the website, the showroom, and then uh, now with Hero, you can essentially be on text with that store associate, that essentially like a design consultant on the other side who can be guiding you. You can share photos and videos of your space. They can text you back recommendations of things to buy. They can schedule appointments for you in the showroom if you want to then come in. And so it's really, you know, really free flowing around the way the shopper wants to connect over those few weeks where they're, they're renovating their home. And so, you know, the platform gives that flexibility for the brands to be able to um, you know, meet the shopper where they are, um, but also be able to retain those shoppers. And that's your earlier point around kind of acquisition. I think that's so key. You know, if you're spending 250 bucks on a keyword to acquire that customer, you not only have to convert them, but you have to retain them. And, you know, in the mattress space, it's difficult because, you know, you might make that purchase once every few years. Um, but for brands who, you know, who uh, provide mattresses as kind of, you know, uh, um, you know, as a wider as part of a wider selection, and it's that ability to kind of retain those customers, to stay in touch, and we see this being used right across you know different categories. But you know, in particular in wider homeware and, and home goods, it's around those kind of six weeks where that brand becomes instrumental to that shopper, where they are there for you. It's almost like having, as I say, that design consultant on speed dial. You can be messaging with or emailing with, um, and they're there for you. They get you. And again, you know, a robot can't do this. A bot can't do this those knowledgeable sales associates in the store are what separates the brand. And in the age of Amazon, uh, this human edge that every brand isn't Amazon has, like that's the big uh, uh, differentiator. That's the big competitive advantage that every brand that Amazon really has, the ability to connect and empathize with a customer, to be able to help and assist them in the most personal way uh, possible. Um, and then to be able to keep those customers coming back, whether that's the next week, next month, or in seven or eight years' time when they need it, their new mattress. Um, but that human connection really is everything. It's, as I say, the one thing Amazon will never be able to do. Amazon's already won on you know, convenience, price, and selection. And so where every other brand is in Amazon wins in service, in differentiating themselves to that human connection. What are some of those bigger um, undercurrents that you see that can become trends? You know, wh- where is retail headed? How is retail shifting in your opinion? Yeah, yeah. I, I think broadly across most of the retail brands we work with, I think you're going to see shrinkage in the number of retail stores. I think that's um, very common, especially in the US, where there's this concept of being overstored or having too many stores in too many locations, I think is a fair point, especially in, in an age where uh, e-commerce is growing. Does that mean the death of brick and mortar stores? Absolutely not. I only see a greater investment in making sure that stores and showrooms that stay, they provide that incredible experience. They are a little bit, uh, they're designed to really accommodate the shopper in a way they want to shop now. Um, and importantly, they have the best, most knowledgeable staff in them. But the, the one thing all of those showrooms and brick and mortar stores will have is the digital tools like this conceptually this digital layer that sits on top of the store so that if there's downtime in the store and this is a you know real problem here ourselves there's we, we call it that the tuesday at 10 a.m problem when there's no customers in the store then and there what do you do and that's when the associates open up the hero app they go available and suddenly they can connect with shoppers online 
And so I, I guess to, to answer your question, the, the first part is really that continuation of omnichannel, bringing brick and mortar together with online. That's not going to go anywhere. And, and you know, to add to that, we don't see e-commerce slowing down. We don't see stores disappearing overnight. The two are going to almost exist in harmony, but they have to work better together. They have to drive efficiency. The store can make the website more efficient and vice versa. Um, the, uh, the website can be more efficient than the store. Like it, it, they just work in harmony. And that's really the way the shopper wants to shop in the 21st century. The second trend I think we're really seeing is around the, the rise of the, uh, the new brand ambassador. You know, these are not necessarily traditional sales associates or sales clerks that you find in the store, but they are associates who have deep product expertise and knowledge, but they have the desire and the willingness and the tools to be able to sell digitally. And that could be with tools like here. That could be them creating uh, short videos that get uploaded to the site that can be shopped and, and as, as per your experience and clarity with our shoppable stories feature. Or it's these associates almost becoming kind of micro-influencers where they are building their own Instagram channels and they're building their following. And we see this especially in, in fashion and apparel right now. And it's really surprising. Oh, sorry, it's really unsurprising to me. You know, this, the future sales associate is digitally native. They grew up with tools like WhatsApp and uh, Messenger and, and Instagram. They know how to sell online. And so this idea that they can sell beyond the, the brick and mortar stores when they're given the tools and the technology to sell, um, I'm pretty excited by. And those associates could almost be working from home. They could be working from office. They could be working from the store. It almost doesn't matter but they have that ability to connect with that online digital shopper. Um, and then the third and final piece for me is really the rise of video. Like that's the biggest trend that we see coming. Um, and if anyone looks to what's happening in China in particular, uh, the recent study we were looking at recently from Bloomberg estimates about 20% of all shopping in China will be through video in 2022. And that's remarkable. And if anyone's been following the live streaming trend, you have these, um, they call them key, uh, key persons of influence or key opinion leaders, KOLs as they're known um, in, in China. But essentially they're influencers and they could be um, uh, at home somewhere, but they're live streaming to a huge number of people on, on homegrown Chinese live streaming shopping apps. And there's one I was reading about, one KOL, who did $6 billion in sales in the last few years which is remarkable, $6 billion whilst live streaming essentially from her, her house. It's remarkable. Um, so bringing video and e-commerce together for me, whether it's live streaming or it's short snackable videos as we're doing with our, our shoppable stories feature, like for me, that is the future because it, it takes the product off the static e-com page and brings it to a life. It brings it to life and does it in a way where the customer is really familiar. As I say, we're all glued to our phones. We're all on social media apps. But then you land on an e-com website and it feels so old-fashioned. And you know, really what Hero is trying to do is to kind of bridge that gap between how we communicate, how we consume content and bring it closer to commerce. Um, and so, yeah, we're pretty excited by where video go, both live, both short, snackable, curated video, but generally sh shoppable video that's authentic, that connects with the shopper. That for me is going to be a huge trend where we'll be tracking over the next few years. Talking with Adam Levine, founder of Hero and... I told you the story. It's a virtual shopping platform. And I love hearing some of these trends, Adam, because I tell you, you outlined three very um, clear trends and paths that things are going down. But I tell you, there's one that's a little more intangible for me that I've noticed myself feeling 
and I'm going to try to generalize this to a broader population with no <laughs> sort of survey or evidence behind it. But I get on websites these days and I just sometimes wonder, are there real people behind this or did some internet wizard guru whip up a drop ship site and they're just printing money out of their basement? I want to know there are real people behind a brand. I want to know that this is feeding somebody's family. And when you put somebody on video, you know that that's happening. You know that there are people behind it. If something's going to go wrong, you can get your questions answered. Um, I think in the, in the age of the pandemic, when we're starved for that face-to-face -face human interaction, that in-person interaction, um, it, it means something to me. Do you, yeah. do you see uh, that bubble up as something that, that's meaningful to people? Definitely, definitely. And, you know, I, I think about this idea of like conscious consumerism or conscious capitalism, you know, that, that's really um, started over the last years with um, sustainability. But I think during 2020, during the pandemic, it's really kind of shifted very quickly to this desire as consumers to want to support independent businesses. And part of this is kind of the Amazon backlash where, you know, Amazon is so dominant over the past few months in e-commerce. But you're seeing platforms like Etsy really rise up to support the local creators who can have the opportunity to sell in that way on that, on that marketplace. But we work really closely with the team at Shopify. And for me, it's remarkable what they're building and in the sense that they power a million independent merchants who can just get started who can build their site very quickly and you know when you land on a shop shopify site broadly you're going to be supporting an independent business that um now has uh, almost the same technology that was previously only available to major brands or major retailers you know shopify um, has leveled the playing field in terms of getting started with e-commerce and um, close to home at hero uh, earlier this year, we announced our partnership with Shopify that, where we had essentially spent nine months reducing all of the um, technical integration barriers that larger retailers have to go through with Hero. And we made it really easy for any business that's getting started on Shopify to be able to add Hero to their site with three clicks. They can benefit from a free trial as well before they commit um, financially. And that just really, again, is um, leveling the playing fields between independent businesses and come and technology that was only previously available to large enterprises. And, you know, uh, someone who grew up watching my mum own an independent business, an independent antique store. Um, for me, I love that. This idea you can um, arm the rebels and, you know, dem democratize technology to make it easy and effortless for any independent merchant to sell anywhere. I noticed in another interview, you mentioned something called dark stores. What is, what is a dark store? Yeah, dock stores is really a concept we've been tracking for a while. And for me, this is the, um, you know, very early. This is almost like a smoke signal for a future trend. Um, but I'll go into a bit more detail about what it means. Essentially, think about that store experience, but it not operating from an expensive location or address somewhere in a city center. And instead, it's a store that looks and feels like a normal store, but is closed off to the public. And inside that store is the merchandise, the shelves, you know, it looks just like a normal store. And inside you've got sales associates, but what they're doing is using technology like Hero to assist online shoppers where they can video call them, they can show them the product, they can send them the photos, and then potentially they ship from those stores as well. And uh, the reason this is really coming about is uh, for many of our retail brands who had to close their physical stores during the pandemic, they operated their, tip, their, their, their normal stores in this way. 
where they essentially had to put the close sign on the door, but they've been operating where their staff are in the, uh, in the store. They've got the Hero app, they're selling online and fulfilling and shipping from the store. Um, and you know, one, one of our largest customers in Australia with 500 locations essentially did this overnight. They closed the store, staff are working. And then in Europe, where we've just come out of the second lockdown, uh, about 90% of our customers in UK, France, and Italy operated in the same way, where again, the stores were closed, but rather than them being empty, the lights were still on, associates were in there, and they were selling and virtual shopping with online customers. And so what I think you're gonna to start to see I'm not suggesting, you know, stores are going to close because, you know, that's not the logic. But actually, I think you're going to start to see brands invest in opening the stores that may be in a head office. They may be in a warehouse somewhere, but they're inaccessible to the public, but they're geared up to just look like a normal store. Um, very similar to uh, if anyone's been tracking kind of the ghost kitchen space and the rise of on-demand food delivery. Um, you know, as we all get more takeout delivered by tools like Grubhub and Uber Eats. Many of the kitchens and restaurants operated expensive um, uh, you know, um, uh, frontage on the high street, on, on Main Street previously, where they had locations. They're closing them or complementing those existing ones by opening them essentially in car parks, um, where in parking lots, where you can, uh, you know, almost from these kind of small kitchens, they're making the food, distributing it via tools like Uber Eats and Grubhub, um, but they don't have the cost of being in these kind of very expensive locations. And uh, so we see, we're seeing that trend happening in, in the food space. And I think you're gonna to start to see it in kind of mainstream retail as well. Um, and also it's how grocery um, companies have delivered kind of centrally from locations in the past. This is very common in the UK because um, uh, you know, online food shopping is so prevalent here. But essentially, you can drive kind of out of town, and there's a huge warehouses that have you know the names of the biggest supermarkets here. But they're, again, they're closed to the public, but they're just being used for fulfillment and shipping. Um, so we're, we're, I'm pretty excited where this space is going to go. And again, it's all, all following the trend of the growth of e-commerce, but not forgetting the best of brick and mortar not forgetting the best of that in real life experience is trying to marry the two. So yeah, we're, we're again, pretty excited by this space. Very early days though, you know, it's real smoke signals. Um, the Australian partner I mentioned is investing in, um, uh, in this, where they're essentially building a centralized store, um, where again, close to the public, but able to keep staff um, in and employed and working to sell online and fulfill orders. So yeah, pretty early smoke signals, but a really exciting one. Let's say somebody was, interested in going down this path and they wanted to learn more about it or they wanted to get started in some way based on what you're seeing and based on what you know let's call it the mattress and furniture industry what are some of the things that they would need to have in place or what would be kind of a minimum viable product approach to getting set up and moving down this path yeah actually a stepping stone to it which we're seeing many of our partners operate is opening their stores earlier in the day or later into the evening and again, they may be closed to the public during those hours because foot traffic may not be particularly strong at that point, but online traffic is. And so you're pretty quickly able to marry up the busiest times online when there's these shoppers that need help and advice and work out whether your store is open or not at that point. And if it's not, then why don't you open that store longer? And again, as I say, the store can be closed to the public if you don't think there's going to be much foot traffic, but the associates can be uh, you know, staying, working later and they're assisting online 
customers during those busy um, online traffic hours. So that's like a stepping stone to it, um, to be able to go, well, actually this kind of fusion of online and offline and find these interesting ways to bend and flex physical retail around online retail. If someone wanted to invest bigger and go bigger as per our Australian customer, essentially what they're doing is kind of operating a, a store inside a head office that uh, 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 employers associates that traditionally worked in the physical stores and they're kidding out that space to look like a store, just like you would find in, in the mall. Um, but as I say, close to the public, associates are working with the Hero app. They've gone to the investment of killing out to look like a store, but they don't have the expensive rent. They don't have the expensive cost of being on, on, you know, on the premium spot on Main Street. Like it's just, it's just a totally different way of operating. Um, so yeah, really early days in this one. I don't think there's the the toolbox and the playbook for anyone to follow just yet. But I think for anyone who operates brick and mortar, I think the stepping stone is to try technologies like Hero to go. Well, let's get our associates and our stores able to sell online, and over time, let's learn and flex our operating hours and. Operational behavior to match where the shopper is. And if it's busy times online, then let's meet them where they are. Let's keep the store open longer. Um, so we're pretty excited to see how that will play out. So that's one path people could go down and explore. Uh, the other one is something I want to go back to because you said uh, there was one influencer. Did you call him a KOL in China? Yeah, key opinion leader. Key opinion leader, yeah. So $6 billion done over video. And you said 20% of E-commerce sales are happening through video today in China? Uh, by 2022 is the estimate. By 2022. Okay. So if somebody's listening to this thinking, well, what do you mean selling through video? How does, how does that work? Are they, are they putting a video on YouTube and there's a link in there that people can click on? Is it live streaming? It, help us understand what that means because I, I see that as a trend that will begin moving here into the US and the Europe and yeah. other places. So in China, if I just start there for a moment, it's happening on the marketplaces primarily. So there's a, a famous marketplace from the most uh, visited shopping sites called Taobao. And it's on Taobao, which is almost, you could probably describe as like the Chinese Amazon maybe um, as a, at a stretch. But as you're browsing that site, you can essentially watch live streams from the independent sellers that sell on Taobao. And they could be, you know, an hour long, they could be 10 minutes long, but essentially it's someone who's in their home or in a store somewhere and they're live streaming to those audience that are browsing that product. Um, it's also happening on essentially what is the Chinese version of, uh, the version of TikTok that operates in China under a different name. Their TikTok is very different to the TikTok that's being used in US and Europe. It's all about commerce. They are short, snackable videos that are tagged with the product that is all shoppable. And so these are kind of the trends we're seeing with live stream, longer form video, um, and also these kind of short, snackable 15 second videos that can be shopped instantly, you know, a little easier to create less production value and effort that goes into a, you know, an hour's live stream. Bringing it back though to what's happening in the West, Amazon is definitely investing in this space, you know, seeing what's happening in China. They have a tool called Amazon Live, which you have, if you haven't watched, I wouldn't recommend it. It's not particularly exciting, but it's definitely emerging as a, as a category. And essentially what they've done is almost tried to recreate a digital version of QVC 
where you can head to, I think it's amazon.com slash live, and you can watch independent sellers sell. But for me, it's not particularly um, interesting. They really are trying to taking the QVC format and just trying to bring it to a website that looks and feels a bit like YouTube. Like it doesn't feel that exciting. Where I think the biggest trend is being mobile first because that increasingly is how shoppers are interacting with every brand that's happening on their iPhone. Um, and that ability to, to watch and browse videos and that kind of very mobile-friendly format is, for me, is where this will really um, go next. And uh, Instagram is definitely one of the, the leading components of this. And Instagram and Facebook have made uh, a lot of announcements this year with a concept called Facebook shops and Instagram shops where a lot more commerce is coming to those platforms. Um, so we think that's going to really kind of, um, you know, help drive the awareness and education both on behalf of the consumer and the brands itself. You know, a lot more is going to be happening and it could be a live format. It could be stories that are tagged. A lot of that is going to happen on those apps. And then from a hero perspective, it's about bringing that experience to the brand's own dot-com site. So they're not being disintermediated, but that video experience can happen on the environment they control, where they're in control of the experience, they're in control of the data. And the experiences we offer today is, is say, shoppable stories, that ability to watch those videos as you browse have been uh, uh, shot and recorded by associates on the, the shop floor where you can then shop, or the ability to then turn that into a video call where you can have this one-to-one video consultation with someone in the store nearest to you. So this whole theme of kind of video and commerce is going to play out in different ways. It's going to look very different in five years' time to what it does now. Um, but I think there's already ways that brands can, can look at this. And, you know, Hero being one, Instagram being another. If you're a, a reseller on, on Amazon, you should check out Amazon Live. I don't think the experience is great, but there's, you know, there's a lot happening there. When Amazon does anything, it tries to do it, um, you know, with scale and with speed. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely ways brands who are in, you know, US and Europe, they can definitely get started and try and, and kind of dip their toe into this space. And one thing I love, especially for our, our audience, is if you don't have the funding or the team or the resources to start selling online, uh, you know, that's, that's a whole animal to tackle whenever you're truly going to sell online and try to do it well. Uh, if you have a store and if you have merchandise in your store and you have people who have downtime, uh, get them on to video chat get them in front of customers in a way that you would want them in front of customers if they came into your store. I think it's a, I think it's a great first step. I always say action reveals the answers. And this is not an action that you would have to take that would be uh, terribly difficult to, to handle. And so I would say this is, this, is, this is going to be something that if you do it, it's not a step forward and then two steps back in having to um, redo your technology or redo your selling process. It's something that's happening right now with consumers. They want to interface with people. Um, you have human beings. Having a human connection is an advantage. Yeah, yeah, totally. I was listening to a podcast this morning with the president of retail from one of our customers, Herman Miller. And I used as an example from a you know, major homeware brand with lots of stores across their design within Reach brand, with Herman Miller, with Hay. Uh, they were using Hero at the start of the year. And they were testing it in a handful of their locations. And when the pandemic hit, they had to close every location in the US. And they quickly rolled out Hero. And many of those associates were still working from stores. And they essentially became like virtual studios or virtual showrooms. Many of the associates were working from home. And that was you know, a, a huge um, uh, undertaking that they'd never been able to achieve before. Because you know, without tools like Hero, 
an associate wouldn't be able to work from home. They would have just been laid off or furloughed. And suddenly with the ability to video call with an online customer, they could actually do that from home. Even, they, even though they didn't have the merchandise with them or the selection with them, they could still provide their expertise. And I, the reason I reference uh, Herman Miller in, in the interview, I was, the podcast I was listening to this morning, um, is because the fact that a major brand like that was able to move at lightning speed to make it happen. And they showed true resilience and they were able to really pivot in that moment to roll out Hero to every store, every associate, every one of their three brands um, and make this happen. For a smaller business, that's even easier. You don't have to worry about any of the logistical um, technology challenges or training challenges. You don't have to worry about any of it. You can get started. And if you're on Shopify, you can add Hero to your site and three clicks, you get going. Your team's installed, download an app, and suddenly you can start chatting and video calling with a, a shopper on the website. And for me, that's a really powerful proposition. Um, and as you say, it's really familiar. You know, the store associates don't need additional training. They do what they do best in store. They can now do that online. Um, and we're seeing many, many small brands, you know, get started with in, in different ways. You know, some of them are trying to arrange appointments before, and you can arrange that appointment, and you might go and have a Zoom call or a Google Hangouts. The reality, though, is the shopper wants to be able to do it in real time. Back to a point you made earlier, Mark. Uh, you know, if you've got a question, you want to be able to just tap that button and get it answered then and there. You don't want to have to wait. But there's so many ways, not just with here, but so many ways any business, especially small to mid-sized businesses, can get started quicker without needing huge technology cost and integration. Um, I think no one in their right mind wants to spend any more money on big technology integrations that take months to recognize any return on the investment. What we're talking about with virtual shopping is so different. You get started and suddenly you can start to see the sales of the being generated, attribute the sales back to the store associates so they win. Um, you know, they're really benefiting from the growth of online. Um, so yeah, I think for any, any business wanting to dip their toe and, and into this space and try, there's so many ways they can do it without needing to be fearful of it. Outside of video communication and uh, messaging and virtual shopping as a platform, you are in this space. You see a lot of other tools and tips and tricks and technology that retailers might benefit from. What are some of the things that have stood out to you that's maybe um, outside of your normal sphere of, of customer interaction that you think would be beneficial for retailers to take a look at and check out? Yeah, definitely. The one that so many of our customers uh, talk to is really the, the, the rise of buy now, pay later. And whether that's using tools like Affirm or Afterpay or Klarna, um, really investing in buy now, pay later is really, uh, you know, for many of our customers has been a real game changer for them. It gives that shopper that confidence to, uh, you know, in the apparel space, you can then buy two or three of the same item, make sure that the right item fits and then return the one or two that doesn't uh, without that cost hitting um, the, uh, the, you know, their, their balance. And that, means, that makes them far more likely to buy, far more likely to convert. When it comes to more expensive purchases, being able to essentially you know, pay in four installments, again, it's making it so much easier for a younger customer in particular, a more millennial customer or Gen Z customer that doesn't trust credit or doesn't have as many credit cards as they once did, you know, certainly in my parents' generation. Um, and so that, that millennial audience can uh, trust tools like Klarna or Firm or Afterpay. And so that's definitely you know, one of the top initiatives we see so many of our retail partners invest in. The other one is around SMS marketing. And you know, part of that borders on what Hero is doing with the ability to stay in touch with your online shoppers via this kind of one-to-one -one messaging. 
with SMS marketing though, is trying to take the best of what so many brands are doing with email marketing, which is often on MailChimp or Klaviyo, use tools like that to send emails to your customer list. Um, what we're seeing is, you know, mobile's not going anywhere and the humble SMS is still here. And it still has these incredible read rates where if you receive a text message, 99% of people will read it. That's totally different to an email where, you know, one or 2% of people, of people might actually they open and go through to click. Like it's a very, very small number. And so I don't know how sustained this trend is of kind of one to, uh, one to many broadcast SMS marketing, but there's a handful of companies operating in the space and it's being referenced by many of our partners as again, one of the kind of key initiatives they're investing in that is really driving results. So yeah, I would encourage any listeners thinking about what else they can be doing with mobile and digital, um, you know, to really look at sms marketing as well totally agree i mean we talk a lot on our show about text messaging being something you do with your friends you read text messages uh, i went through a a major disaster um where a tornado hit the town that i lived in wiped out a third of the town did a, you know well over a billion dollars in damage and communication was completely shut down well we learned during that time that text messages when sent continue to ping off those towers and will get delivered. It's a very reliable form of communication. And I love what you said too about the buy now, pay later. That's something we haven't really touched on too much, but that's, that's a pretty easy integration, it seems like, for most people who are selling online. Is that, it's not a tough putt, is it? Absolutely. They've made it really easy, just like here. You know, it's a JavaScript tag, it's added to a site, and you get going. You know, it's a pretty, pretty easy way to get started. And if you're on Shopify, I think they now have partnered with a firm to make that happen really easily. Really easily. But there's Khan and there's Afterpay. Um, they're three great companies, you know, building you know, huge businesses because they are solving a consumer problem, but also there to really help drive results for the merchant. You know, they only get paid when the merchant sells. And so, um, yeah, a lot of benefit that many of our partners are seeing with buy now, pay later. We don't expect that space to disappear overnight. It's only going to get stronger and stronger. I think it's almost like the new Visa or the new MasterCard. It's just, uh, there's going to be this kind of common acceptance of it everywhere. And that's how the consumer will want to pay. Um, so yeah, definitely an area that any, anyone listening should dive into. Great tips, Adam. Um, what, what did we miss? Did I, did I not ask any question that, that would be valuable for people to know? It's a good question. It's a good question. No, I think we've covered most of the great topics. You know, this, this uh, rise of online and offline is still you know, so early. And, you know, as someone who is a technologist, I didn't come from a retail background. I came in from technology. It's been fascinating for me to be able to kind of come into a space like retail and e-commerce and think about the benefits of technology in it, but also do something that I think is kind of humble in what it's trying to do. It's trying to bring the best of in real life shopping and bring that to online. Um, so now I think we covered off most of the, the key points, Mark. I don't think there's anything else we kind of missed. Well, thanks, Adam, for taking time to, to take a deep dive into virtual shopping and some of the trends you're seeing, some really great information. You know, we had a guy uh, on the show who is a retail futurist. His name's Doug Stevens. He's written a yeah. few books. And, and Doug, you know, said the store is going to be everywhere. And that's the future. I mean, and that's kind of what you're speaking to. It's, you know, the institutions around which retail was built are starting to change, whether that institution is business or healthcare or education, that foot traffic and that normal traffic flow and those traffic patterns 
are much different. And, and in many cases, they will not return to where they were in the past. And so we're having to rethink um, how we get in front of customers and how we connect in a meaningful way. And I think that's a big differentiator that um, the smart brands are going to shift toward, which is face-to-face human interaction, resourcing it, investing in it, and not just saying, oh, I'm going to put up a site, I'm going to spend a bunch of money, and I'm going to hope that I get that 1% conversion. Yeah, yeah, couldn't agree more, couldn't agree more. Well, where can we check out, uh, where can people check out more about your company, your brand, and get to know Hero a little more? Yeah, yeah so actually, going back to our earlier point we made, the best thing you can do is check it out. You know, head to uh, someone like faritybrand.com, so F-A-H-E-R-T-Y brand.com, or if you're in the market for some new beauty for our female listeners, head to crudobeauty.com, look for Hero in the bottom right of the screen. And then if you want to know more about the technology behind that experience, head to usehero.com, U-S-E, hero.com or drop me a, a line at adam at usehero.com uh, and we can share some more information for any of the listeners that, that want to know more adam levine thanks so much thank you so much mark for having me on you can bounce on it What is a hybrid? It's like peanut butter jelly, peanut butter chocolate. Hybrid so tight, there's no way that you could topple it. Hybrid on my wrist, that's a calculator watch. We add ourselves together and we take it up a notch. Got the airflow, yo, keep you cool as it get. Visco foam alone to make you drip sweat. Get a hybrid mattress, yes, you'll get better rest. Cool and comfortable, hybrid like a sweater vest. You know the game, we're ahead of the sun. Cause the two of us together are way better than one. Cause I'm cool. And I'm hot like a heater Bounce by the ounce Now we got it by the leader Well you take a spring And you wrap it up right You can sleep so smooth Or bounce all night Put two together Get a whole lot more Get the feel of the comfort core You can bounce on it Lay back You don't have to practice It's the best thing to happen To your mattress Get together to do it like I did Everybody get hybrid you want somebody to get in your vicinity you probably want to feel a little bit of a hybridity from alone out of five maybe one star springs and foam we're taking care of that lumbar mad back support the best way to shack up or just get rest that won't mess your back up like a hot chick mixed with a particle physicist or a mullet party in the back of the business best of both worlds like mars and venus the ultimate hybrid nothing short of cheap Keeping it loose while keeping it tight We can make you sleep or play all night Put two together, get a whole lot more Get the feel of a comfort core You can bounce on it No stopping when the beat gets played back Springs keep it popping, foam keeps it laid back Party over here, get invited Everybody get hybrid What kind of bed do you keep back there? Does your girl want to chill on a beanbag chair? Hell no! You need springs and foam Cause if that bowling ball don't bounce You'll be sleeping alone And if the bed don't react Then you can't get low We We got got that type of bounce That won't spill your Merlot So stick with us And you'll get rewarded Cause I'm so gentle And I'm so supportive is where the magic is And we just killed a song about mattresses Ah!